Welcome to the Theo Bourbon Podcast. That should be the opening from now on. There it is. <laughs> That's the song. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, and roll the metal. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Theo Bourbon. This is Derek Chilton, and as always, I am... Oh, God, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I am sipping on the nectar of God whilst talking about God, along with my friends. Here is Tom Mangione and Megan Slack, soon-to-be Megan Mangione. Aw. Aw. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do that like every time until, until we you married. all actually get married. That's amazing. Like, I love that. That's so cute. I love that too. <laughs> and then when we finally drop the podcast after you all get married, it'd be like, y'all, y'all, <laughs> it happened. Guess what? <laughs> finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if we're in this if we're in this pandemic for like a year and a half and you all aren't <laughs> able to get married for like five years or something. We'll Which is a completely different. That's a time jump. I don't know why I did that. We'll, we'll do a we'll, we'll do a like a, a Valentine like Saint Valentine thing, yeah. and we'll we'll get someone to come to our apartment and do do the thing and like there you Y'all, go. Y'all, I could I could <laughs> marry you over Facetime. <laughs> we're giving each other we're giving each other a look. We, we both just kombucha girled that so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Well, Fist anyway. with engagement rings. Boom. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to Theo Bourbon, to our listeners. We um, It took a while for us to get the second one. We literally planned on doing it like three weeks ago, but as, you know, isolation would have it, we all kind of ran into things that we were having to do and sleeping too much and all that We made stuff. it. We made it. We, we did it. Able, we did it. We're here. Um, we're here. We did it. So um, today, uh, after we our first podcast, um, we wanted to do something kind of encouraging and talk about um, something a little less, I don't know what the word would be, like a, li- a little less, oh my gosh, they're talking about their cat. <laughs> we wanted to hear what he had to say, but he ran away because he's still afraid of me. He was rolling around so I could pet his belly. <laughs> nice. Um, but we wanted to talk about something encouraging and kind of um, be a little bit um, honoring of one isolation and what that can mean for people and how that can um, pour into how we interact with God while churches are closed. And so, um, but first off, I am drinking Waffins Kentucky Bourbon which my wife got for me for Valentine's Day, so I'm happily enjoying that. It's 94 proof, which is a little... 10... 20? 10. 20. 20 proof less than what I was drinking last week, but... You were going real hard last time, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, well, 114 proof grand old dad is... Old granddad. Gosh, it's going to be a good day, y'all. Perfect time to do a podcast. (laughs) Woo! But um, it's very good. It's it is slightly less slightly less strong flavor, but it still has kind of the same burn to it. So it's it's a nice, nice mix of things. So which a lot of 90, 94 proof bourbon is. But anyway, um, I am drinking what a, a uh, black cherry white claw. <laughs> God, because <laughs> it's what we had. <laughs> uh, it's, it's what we have right now. And Megan, good. 
is drinking water because I had the worst hangover of my life yesterday and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> it was it's an not all, a joke. It was, it was horrible. All day hangover. It was horrible. Oh, I'm so sorry. I I didn't eat dinner the night before when we started having our mixed oh, drinks no. and I didn't really realize until it was far too late to stop anything and I was talking to Tom and hanging out with Tom for like three hours that I don't remember so oh you poor thing <laughs> yeah, it was so bad sorry. she was unable to uh, like keep the characters in the movie straight she was sure that two guys were the same person I cannot dissuade her otherwise but anyway let's let's get started with what we're gonna talk about um, so the the title of this podcast is The Right Recipe for God. So thank you for coming to our talk where we will talk about the exact ingredients that you will need to experience God, mm. which is literally just be yourself. Um, but we'll, oh. we'll kind of explain that. That was cute. I like that, Derek. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That was off the cuff. But anyway, um, basically the question that I want to raise today is... Why does everyone think that they're so right in the way that they commune with God that they have to make sure that everyone thinks that they're wrong? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I have kind of developed a little bit of an understanding for it just because like I've been in so many different arenas um, when it comes to that. Like coming from the kind of liberal Baptist background at first where it was like kind of anything goes but you still have to be under this sort of like only sing hymns but mm, also we yeah. have a second service that everybody likes more that is like today music but it is like the awful CCM crap that <laughs> praise be um, but it wasn't even like the good CCM stuff so there was no like audio adrenaline or anything like that but it was more like go barry oh <laughs> our yeah Blair. shout out to barry blair we love Woo. barry we love, um, we love our barry we love barry but anyway um but i came from went to that to more like southern baptist to like Ooh. strictly strictly calvinist and reformed and then i went to like a very Oh, gosh, um, I really don't want to say it, but it's kind of the only way that I can think Same. of it. Like a very cultish, but open, but like you can leave whenever you want to. But also we're going to tell you you're not in the will of God if you leave. Very Hotel California. Very Hotel California ministry that was like, you know, we'll do everything we can. What? You can check it anytime you like, but you can never leave. What the hell's that? You know, like the Hotel Have you never heard the song Hotel California? I don't think she's ever heard the song Hotel California. Is that? Oh my gosh. Is the song referencing something or is it just a song about a hotel? <laughs> we will, gosh, we will mansplain that to you later. Look <laughs> 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 great. <laughs> because that's all you can do if you're, if you listen to the Eagles, you're a mansplainer if you listen to the Eagles. Oh. It's it's a it's kind of a rule, isn't it? It's a it's a rule of thumb. Uh, witchy, <laughs> witchy woman, she got the moon in her eyes. <laughs> Amen. I'm gonna rescind my question. I don't want to be mansplained today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take it this way. Think of every cult you ever heard of. Okay, that was like free love, but also, but like this this ministry was not free love at all. But um, basically, like think of the Duggars. And if the Duggars were to go to a ministry, that's the one they would go to. 
Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, that helps a lot. Um, so, like, you had to ask permission for everything. Like, if you wanted to date someone, you had to ask permission of them, their oh dad. Like, the leadership had to be Damn. in every aspect of that relationship. Like, all that kind of stuff. And we were, like, 21, 22, 23-year-olds on this team. And so it was, like... And there were, like, thirty single 30-year-olds on the team who were, like, I'm just waiting for my Boaz. But in reality... Who's they Boaz? They just never wanted to go on dates. So it's, what? like... Um, it's just one of... It, it was very... Like, and I love those people. Like, that I, I hardly talk to any of them anymore just because I think they think I'm a heretic. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Boaz, he's a guy who married Ruth when yeah. she would have been culturally seen as like an old widow, but he was like a distant relative of her, and that was like a really cool thing to do back then. So they're just waiting for their second cousin? We're just waiting for their second cousin. <laughs> <to come. laughs> it's, called a kins- it's called a kinsman redeemer. It was a cultural thing, but anyway. Um, you just got to get your cousin to come and wife you up, you know what I mean? Just seems oh, like a weird gosh. metaphor. <laughs> you can't think about it too hard. Oh. You, you can't. You're not allowed to. I don't think you're allowed you're to think at all. <laughs> Did you know that it is legal? It's legal in California to marry your first cousin. No. You would think that it would only be legal in like Utah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That see? I don't know that Mormons are more on board with incest than they are just having like polygamy, right? Well, not anymore. I actually am very, very respectful of the Mormons. I think they have a lot more right than most Christians. And I think that a lot of them are Christians. I will go on podcast as saying, I think that there are more saved Mormons than a lot of Christians think. But what is saved? That's another podcast thing. Right That's there. another podcast. That is another That's podcast. A whole, That's a whole thing okay. to say. There are more Mormons following Christ's example than there are Christians. I don't know a lot about the Mormons, so I don't know we should talk to, about to this. Say anything there, but yeah. I'm intrigued and I want to learn more. Yeah. So anyway, um, so we are going to get into this topic and possibly edit some things that I've set out because I don't want to offend some of the friends that I still have. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, um, so what we want to talk about is why. The experience, the personality, the psychology, and kind of the upbringing, which is kind of experience, but it's not exactly the same thing. Why those things are inherently inside how people connect with God. And how we can stop, as Christians, like especially myself, like how we can stop looking at someone else's relationship with God and disqualifying them. Because they're not doing it the way that we would. I mean, I, I, um, I've, I've got an answer for you. Um, I guess like I've got thoughts, not really an answer. What am I doing? Mansplaining again. God. <laughs> um, but I think one of the big things that's going to stop people from kind of opening up their experience and opening that up and kind of letting people figure out their way of communing with the divine is just fear of punishment, fear of hell, fear of yeah. doing it wrong and thus screwing yourself over forever. And uh, I think there's a reason why you can actually have interfaith dialogue between people who aren't worried about the afterlife, but between people who are worried about the afterlife, there's almost no interfaith dialogue ever. Mm. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, Because that was always my thing. Like, I felt like if I didn't somehow mark off my calendar and mark off my to-do list of things that like 
if I don't wake up in the morning and spend 10 minutes with God, then the rest of my day is not going to count. You know, like it's not going to count. God's not going to look at that day and say, hey, I'm proud of you for that day, you know, but instead, like, instead of that checklist agenda thing that we think we have to mark off or else we are going to be punished or we are going to, you know, go to hell for not, I don't know, like people have such a weird thing with like, if you don't bow down to these select few things then that somehow is what's going to put you in hell. Like, I know of people who are saying that, like, if you do not believe in the six-day creation, then you are not actually a believing Christian. What do you have to say to that, Megan? Uh, as the as the resident scientist, I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there are people who actually think, like, there are people in this country who have churches right now who preach that, like, evolution is from Satan, that psychology <laughs> is from Satan, that science is from Satan, mm-hmm. and that those things are somehow antithetical to a Christian life. Which is where you get the people protesting and saying, like, I'm a Christian, so I'm covered in the blood, and so therefore I can go to church, even in the middle of the pandemic, and get oh, no. what I'm going to get. Yeah. Okay, I so, think... So, like, that's, that's where that comes from. I have a know? thing to say. Megan has a thing to say. Give me your mic so Derek can hear me. Um, so, I think... This reminds me of The Good Place. Have we talked about this? Has Derek seen this? Oh, yes. I love The Good Okay, Place. so it reminds me of The Good Place because it's, like, your motivation for doing the right thing shouldn't be just saving yourself in the afterlife like for me Mm -hmm. i don't want how i act to be affected by if there's an afterlife or if there isn't right like i want to act the same way and i would act the same way no matter what because it's the right thing to do so like Mm -hmm. i think if we made those choices more out of like something positive and love for other people instead of just living in fear all the time (laughs) i don't know everyone's lives would be a lot easier honestly yeah and i think we're close to an answer right there like i think we're close to an answer as to how to live and also how to actually commune with the divine that isn't based out of fear. It's yes. based out of love for others, love for yourself, and love for what is. And yep. I think you go from there, right? Mm-hmm. And that is kind of what I want to hit on for the rest of the time is that love of self and love of other people. And people, like especially Reformed Christians, take that um, the passage where Jesus says, deny yourself and pick up your cross and all that stuff, that that means you have to completely and totally siphon yourself off from all of your desires, all of your wants, all of your dreams, and you have to somehow explicitly deny everything that you have ever wanted or imagined. And that God's imagination and dream for you is so much bigger and so much better and all that stuff that you should completely, totally leave you. And while there's like some merit to some of that it's also like and and this is really what what i want to look at is like god has made and given each of us a personality an experience a life and a valid experience is really the only word that i can think of to where he knows us intimately And so we do not have to go into that cookie cutter 
I have always wanted to be like, I wanted to be an actor for the longest time, but then I had to lay that down because God called me to ministry. But the reality is he's still using pieces of me that were part of that acting, not like in a, I act when I'm on stage or I act when I'm at church. Like I'm not saying that, but like aspects of like the singing and the artistry and the being um, really open to other people's experiences, which you have to be as an actor so that you can act like other people. Like being that as a minister, God taking those things, those parts of my personality, those parts of my dreams and putting them in what he has asked me to do. In reality, that was just me finding pieces of myself in what I'm doing because God gave me those things. Does that make sense? I think we're also approaching this from an extremely Protestant point of view as well. Yeah. Like that whole concept of you have to give up what is within you for what God has for you. I've never heard that. It's not a thing Catholics talk about. No, I've never heard that in my life. Like that's, um, because I I remember hearing that. Yeah. Go for it. Um, I don't know. Like for us, they more emphasize that we all have different, unique gifts and talents and we're supposed to develop them and serve God with them. But like, we're never taught to, or I was never taught to repress any of that. It was more about embracing it and trying to use it for their good. And yeah. That, and and I think about yeah. um, <laughs> my, my friend, Sammy, uh, who I love very much. Uh, he's someone I went to high school with. Super awesome guy. He's, he was thinking about entering the priesthood and then he got a girlfriend. So that didn't really work out. Um, kind of the story uh he, he, he's absolutely awesome really 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 smart dude knows his stuff and he was talking i was kind of asking him about like how do how do catholics view the priesthood how do they view anything that like kind of is you giving up your life for the church um like how do you how do they say how do you view that and i was saying how it's like we kind of see it as you have these aspirations and goals but god has something that is more pleasing to him for you And part of surrender is surrendering what you want for what he wants. Uh, And he was like, oh, that's not at all what the the church would say about that. It's not at all what uh, the Catholic Church would say about that. Instead, they would say more, is this a thing? Is this an ability that you were given? Is this this something that that was already handed to you by God for you to do? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not as much giving up what you want for his sake. Is it more just like, is this a thing that is for you to do? Yeah. Was this something handed to you? Like the entire vocation to the ministry is, this is something that was given to you to do. Of course, it's up to you whether you want to, whether you're actually going to do it or not, whether you're going to obey or not. But it's not mm-hmm. just like, hey, everything you are is stupid. You got to give it up for God's sake. No, not at all. Right. So that's that's a big deal. And that's a big that difference. That is a huge deal. Because uh, like we almost see this weirdly abusive view of vocation and of calling Mm -hmm. uh that's it's a little it's a little terrifying yeah Uh, we and and we don't need to have this fear yeah Yeah. we have for sure we've talked about this kind of away from here but especially in some of the experiences that me and you've had um just about like and you know miranda gets on me all the time for it but like my ministerial like the ministerial piece of me that wants to be there for everybody Mm -hmm. has in my marriage influenced me to not always be there for my wife. And because, and it's because of that. Oh, we felt that big time. (laughs) Yeah. And it's because of that, like 
And I got some of the worst advice I had ever gotten from someone um, just a couple years ago where he said, well, you're just going to have to have that talk with your wife, the this is ministry talk. And I was like, no. Second of all, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am not going to sit there and tell my wife, hey, I have to love you less in order to love God more. Like, I actually had a great talk with one of the guys who works at a vineyard when um so so what happened is a, a few weeks ago uh they were pushing to continue to do streaming services and mm-hmm. i had said hey we should probably just tape everything and do a fully pre-recorded experience uh and they were like no we're gonna do this instead and i was in a mindset of compromise and i came back to <clears throat> megan and megan's like that's not that's not good that's yeah mm-hmm. to compromise about this is to compromise everyone's potential health uh during this time Including so, mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up calling up Mark and kind of telling him, hey, this isn't good enough. And he responded in a way that I did not see coming and I'm still so thankful for. He was just kind of like, wow, this can't be Megan's experience of what ministry looks like. Mm. He's like, he's like, it is unacceptable for her to be like, wow, I'm being put at risk for the sake of something that doesn't need to be done. And he yeah. literally said that to me. And he was just like, that's not okay. Um, Because I was just kind of talking about, like, here's where we are and here's where we are. I was like, I don't want to put her at risk. And he was just like, whoa, if she's not comfortable with this, then none of us can be comfortable with this. That's awesome. And and I thought that was was cool. Like, it's not the ideal response. The ideal response is just like, oh, yeah, we shouldn't do this for the sake of everyone, you know. Uh, But this whole, like, hey... um, and, and not saying, hey, you, you, you need to deny your relationship with the person most important to you for the sake of God or the church or ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful he didn't go for that. And I'm yeah. so sorry for your sake and your marriage's sake that people have gone for that angle for your sake. Yeah. So what if that's what's got, so what if that is what God is saying into us now? Like, what if that is the ultimate, like, hmm. hey, because of your experience, I'm not going to necessarily ask you to do the same things that I would ask of someone else. Like, what Mm. if we all don't have to be that cookie cutter, like, you know, every time there's a missionary in the building, they always say everybody has to be a missionary. Like, every time there's a revivalist in the sanctuary, everybody's got to be a revivalist. You know, like... Are you guys serious? (laughs) (laughs) Megan wants to hear more about this. I'm honestly just... So there's a lot of this, like, because of the Great Commission, everyone Go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations is the last thing Jesus says before he ascends into heaven. Yeah. So because of that, we are all missionaries. Like, there's no denying that we are missionaries. But that does not mean that all of us have to give up our place where we are now to go to the 1040 window and like go and suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer for the case of Christ. Like not everyone has to do that. There are some who are called to do that, but I am starting to think that the people who are prone to do that have already been given something by God to make them lean towards that and be obedient to that. There's a reason why not everyone joins the Peace Corps. Yeah. And so, like, there were people who, like, because of the emotionally manipulative 
part of a lot of like I'm just gonna go to it. The um, thing that happens at every Christian concert, where they parade around young kids in other countries and say, "Hey, it's your duty to give and to adopt and to do this and to do that and to oh God. provide for these kids," thing. and like that, it's emotionally manipulative and it's spiritually manipulative in a way that says. So what if there's a person who had to scalp tickets for this concert, who's poor, who has nothing, who's barely being able to make ends meet, they just wanted to come and meet Jesus in a concert, they're being manipulated and basically blamed for the suffering of these kids if they don't give money. What if we're not all called to have that... Like, and what if that is the big picture of what people do when they say you have to do this in order to be with God? You have to do this in order to experience God. You have, it's this blame game. It's the shame game. It's the, it's, it's the fear based. I'm not doing enough if I don't do this. When in reality, God is sitting with you on your couch saying, I'm right here. Just be. It's also wildly problematic to do that. Like white savior complexy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and to assume so that there's a lot that goes into that, but like <laughs> the the main specific thing of like we're not all called to the same thing. I didn't even know that that was. I guess I just I didn't I I realize more every time I talk to you guys how Catholic I am without realizing <laughs> it. Because <laughs> I guess I just didn't even know that that was so different, and <clears throat> that makes yep. me really sad for you, honestly. That that's what you've been taught because that's. That's just not okay. Yep. It's taught without the words. Like it's it's definitely one of those things where it's just like implied. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what manipulation is. Like it's yeah, it is. not saying something by saying something. Yep. Wow. So I I really want to turn this back around to like how do we encourage people to experience God without thinking that they have to do a to-do list? And how do we encourage people that the way that they commune with God is already innately in them? That they don't have to do anything mm-hmm. extracurricular outside of themselves. Right. Unless it unless it enhances what is already in them. So like mm. for me, I'll start out with like, I'm very formulaic. Like, I'm very if I do this, this will happen, and if I do this, this will happen, and it builds on top of itself. The best days that I have with God are when I have a good sleep. The best weeks are when I have a good sleep schedule. They're when I take my medication regularly. They're when I have a good eating schedule. And they're when I can wake up, make my coffee, have my coffee, and read, and then dwell on what I'm reading. And then that's the day that I spend with God. It's very formulaic. It's very formed out for me. It's very solid. There are some people who do not work well that way. Yeah. Yeah. So like for you guys, what is your innate thing that's in you where when you do things to enhance that, you actually experience God better for you guys? Like what is it for you guys? Do you want me to go first? Or you? Go for it, babe. Okay. Um, we've been, so I love to do yoga. Tom knows I've been making him do a lot of yoga mm-hmm. with me. Um, a lot of yoga. And, nice. and like that, I don't know. That's just always been a really spiritual thing for me just to get in touch with my body that day and like take a Mm -hmm. moment for myself and just kind of breathe and be still. Um, 
and that's obviously not a Christian practice per se, but I really like it. Um, Depends on what Christians you talk to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then I would say uh, writing also, just because I love to write. Um, mm-hmm. And ho- probably horseback riding because I've ridden horses my whole life and like there's just horse nothing. Horse girl energy. Yeah. I had a dream it's that such I horse girl horseback energy. riding last night. It is, it is the most like, I don't know. I think it's just to have that connection with like another creature where it's like, you can't yeah. even really, you can't talk to them. Or you can talk to another person, but like, it's just such a deep connection. And it always felt really magical to me. And I sound like a huge dork, but it's always been say, so we're powerful. Heading, we're heading in some Freudian stuff. <laughs> oh, <yeah. right> <laughs> <laughs> my God is big. My God runs fast. I will ride oh, on his God. back. No, Stop. it's being close to nature, I think. Yeah. And to creation yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that for me is like my happy place. My mom says I'm never happy the way I am when I'm around horses. Oh mm. yeah. So there you that. go. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Man, that's the thing. Like I think for one thing, as much as I have traumatic experiences with the church as do all people who grew up evangelical. Mm-hmm. Sorry. There is uh, someone who's cutting grass right behind us right yeah, now. Oh my you're, God. For <laughs> hearing something that is coming through loud and clear through Nature. my mic right now. Uh, our, our kitty. Is hanging out with us. He's right been now. in here the whole time. He's, he's listening intently. Stay cute, focused, Tom. The cutest Stay focused, of the cute Tom. boys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I think it is called um, our cat a cute boy, and I'm okay with that. Um, so, man, I, I think about how like I'm I'm still someone who like I love going to church. I love hymns. I love contemporary music, uh, and I love prayers. I love those more traditionally Christian ways of communing with God. I think something that's been really, really significant to me, and I actually discovered this in one of Carol Anderson's classes in worship design, was um, we had this thing where we did, like, interpretive dancing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you take that class? Did you ever get in that one? No, I didn't get into that one, yeah. Well, uh, it had its moments of just being profound. And I remember doing that, and I realized I don't love my body right. Like, I am really bad at communing with my own body. And one thing that's been great has been doing yoga with you, uh, because if y'all if, if y'all don't know yoga with Adrian, you on should YouTube, know yoga with Adrian. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she is awesome. But one of her big things is just checking in with yourself. It's like let let your body do these things and let, just like rejoice in your body's ability to uh, look at move in this way. It can move in that way, uh, and you got to have love for your body and love for yourself, uh, mm-hmm. and love for the divine kind of flows from that. Uh, and that's that. been. I think that's been a big way for me recently. Um, in college, I was really big into different spiritual practices. Like you were talking Lectio Divina uh, when mm-hmm. we were talking earlier. Uh, and the yeah, Lectio Divina is awesome, a way to meditate on scripture that's more of using it almost mantra-like yeah. and, and using it almost like um, I'm going to meditate on what I believe is this deep truth about something and let it to, let it to lead me to new, uh, new places that aren't just like I'm going to read the Bible and do what it says. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's more just like, Hey, I'm going to take this holy text and I'm going to let it inform my experience in ways that aren't just like, this is me doing what it says, uh, yeah. and going, going beyond that, uh, fundamentalist way of, uh, looking at scripture. So I think the those Bible, are... the Bible should enhance who you are. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the ultimate purpose is it, it it's, it's meant to be the ultimate humanist text. Right. It should enhance what you already are before you even picked it up. Is it ever used like that? Almost never. But <laughs> but we believe that it should be yep. here at Theo Bourbon Industries Incorporated. 
Uh, LLC. Is that, is that the trademark? LLC. Copyright uh, 2021. Nice. Hear that? Already next year. <laughs> already, yeah. Gosh. Check that out. Uh, Getting ahead of the game. In the future. No, I think I think both both of what you said is, is beautiful. Um, and it goes along with the story that I was telling you all earlier that, um, that I kind of want to tell now. Um, there was a kid in my youth group a few years ago who... He didn't like coming to youth group because he didn't get anything out of the music and he didn't really get anything out of just sitting there and listening to somebody speak. Like it was, it just didn't relate to him. It wasn't a thing of like, he didn't love God a certain way or rightly. He just didn't, he just didn't get anything out of it. And I always used to take that personally. And, um, just because I was like, you know, I'm doing all this to, to help you see God and I'm doing all this to, you know, you know, I just, I, I, I was offended, um, which is hmm. awful. And this was me five years ago, which is completely different from yeah. me now. So it's like, um, but, you know, it was still in that mindset of I felt like he had to connect with God the same way that I did um, or else he wasn't getting it right. And there was this day that um, he had told um, the youth pastor, who is my best friend and still is one of my best friends, he said... I might not get anything out of the music and I might not get anything out of what you all do with the youth group, but I always find God when I do math. I love that. And I love that too. Like my jaw dropped and I was like, first of all, what? Second of all, who does math? Third of all. <laughs> um, I feel that. Oh God. <laughs> third of all, like I don't get it. And then he showed me this um, formula that he had found that created a heart on a graph. And he said, I found God in this formula because it was a heart and it was love. And I was like, I mean, it it almost makes me want to like start crying just because of like how profoundly weird it was for me (laughs) to... (laughs) see that but then also to think of like all of the millions of people who walk around today who get nothing out of our churches and nothing out of that cookie cutter christian experience and we're doing them an extreme disservice by not saying hey the things you find god in are valid yeah i think about like, um uh oh goodness what's his name kevin garcia yeah. Uh, the progressive theologian. One of his first things that he really realized he found God in uh, was tarot cards. And <laughs> he really found a way to commune with himself more. Megan agrees. I have tarot cards. Uh, but he, <laughs> To he no one's surprise. As our, our witchy girl. Um, but like <laughs> he just found that like, wow, I really can commune with myself, commune with God and commune with the divine something. Uh, in really specific, special ways. And it's funny because, I mean, you're going to find so many people are just saying that's wrong, but they're not going to have a reason why they're just going to be like, because I've been told it's wrong, instead Mm. of just being like, okay, what are you getting out of this? What does this mean for you? Instead of asking questions and really getting to know people, I think we're really good at sticking to this dogmatic idea of what is right and wrong instead of asking why. Why is that so important to you? And how can I learn from your experience as well? Uh, and it's it's less loving and it's less caring not to ask why. Yeah, 
I think that's that's completely right. And um, you know, Megan, why don't you expound a little bit on that? Just because your experience in yeah. that, like I, I'm honestly still in that place where I'm kind of afraid, just because I have night terrors and anything close to, like, quote unquote, what I've been told is evil. <laughs> right, like, right. Just, just please tell like, your experience in that because I. I don't um, yeah. So it's. This is something that I think Tom and I have talked about a lot too, because we have just completely different approaches to spirituality. And like, like he said, he really likes some of the more traditional stuff about, you know, going to church and the music. And for church. me, I'm the opposite. I just, I don't, I'm, I totally understand that kid who, <laughs> the kid who liked mm. to do math. Cause it's like, I would go to this. I mean, I've, I grew up going to Catholic schools and I went to youth group and junior high and everything. And it was like, I didn't get, I just don't get anything out of it. And there's not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I just don't, it's not my thing. Um, and I don't know if it's a personality thing or what, um, but uh, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of like you guys already said, but I think we just have to approach people with a more open mind and understand that just like anything else, there's not going to be a one size fits all approach. Like nothing else in our life works that way. So why would we think this would? And like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that, that. and I know this is going to also sound really Catholic um, because like, it's just, there's not a lot of emphasis for us that's put on like just denying yourself and feeling bad is the right thing to do. And like, I don't know, a lot of it's just about being genuinely happy because you're like, that's what God's supposed to do. You're supposed to be happy because you're embracing this force of love in your life. And I don't think I just, I wouldn't want to believe in a God that just wants me to suffer my whole time here. That doesn't make any sense. Like, and I, and I also just really strongly believe that, that we're all here to serve a unique purpose and maybe, some are really traditional and you know, you're in ministry and that's what you're here to do. And maybe others are something totally different. And for me, like even going into stuff with science, it was because I wanted to do something where I felt like I was going to help save people's lives and like make a difference that way. Because if it's my personality in a way that like me standing in front of a church wouldn't like, I just wouldn't be helpful doing that. But I feel like here I can like do something that makes me feel close to God and do something good in the world that's maybe not, maybe some people would say satanic because it's science, right? Like, <laughs> um, but just because it's not traditional doesn't mean it's not good. And like, we need all these different kinds of people and all these yeah. different approaches to have a good society. If we were all that's ministers, good. then what? I love her so much. <laughs> I love her so much. No, that's you. awesome. And it's, it's really interesting. Like, um, Miranda actually works, she works at Free People, and Free People is very much. I love their clothes. Yeah, like they're <laughs> they're great. Um, but one of the things that she really struggles with is the fact that like a lot of her like she's one of the only Christians that works there, if not the only one. Um, and the rest of them are all into like horoscopes. They're all into like the tarot stuff. Like, and so she, you know, is asking questions like, you know, how do I communicate with people who believe something differently than me? And I was like, there is actually a lot of common ground that you all can find in this. Like there's a lot more to what we as Christians have labeled bad. Right. <laughs> but like not to say that there's like this in relativity and we can get into all the apologetics and all that kind of crap later. But like to expect that God is everywhere like we talked about in the last podcast is to say that God can work through any means by which his love and his light can flow and not to label something evil when in reality nothing external is evil evil is all internal 
of how you use the things that are enhancing what's in you. That was very, very big and broad, but like, I think we, that's a really good framework, man. Write a book. Can I, can I jump in? (laughs) Yeah. I think we also just have to acknowledge that like white Christianity is like a very racial thing, a very patriarchal thing. And for a lot of people, I think like people of color and women, they just don't feel comfortable in that structure. So they would, they'll lean on things that are more spiritual, like astrology and that kind of thing, just because of, of all of the damage, honestly, these institutions have done. And like, I think that we've also culturally labeled some of these practices as bad and evil because they come from, you know, other cultures that we don't understand. And so I think that's just a really big piece of it that we have to keep in mind just to be sensitive to people. And there's a lot of people who, you know, view the Enneagram that way. And because it had its roots in something that was partaking in some demonic type stuff, but now it's being used as an excuse. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah, your ty- What's your type? My type. Yeah. I think Miranda says that I'm a nine. I could see it. But I I really have no idea. Um, You're very but, nine like. Well, thank you. I, um, I, I think Megan's a five. I'm a I'm an eight. I'm an eight. Five one, nine wing. Five wing four. Uh-huh. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Look at her go. <laughs> nice. But all of that to say, like, um, and all of kind of wrapping all of this up, um, God speaks intimately. And if God speaks intimately, then that does not mean that he only speaks in the way that he does to the broad church. He speaks to us individually as individuals. Like somebody who sits down the pew from you may not believe exactly the same things that you do and may not do exactly the same things mm-hmm. that you do, but you all are in a common denominator of love. Like that's the unifying yeah. thing. That's always the unifying thing is Christ's love for all people. Christ's yeah. love for us. Christ's, Christ, 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 like all love there. What you do with that. I think we can also that, conversely say that that all love, all good love is Christ and it's all Yes. Um, and, and it's all anointed. It's, it's all of God. Yes. And I think that's something that shouldn't be controversial to say, and yet it sounds like it is, you know? Yeah. We're getting very Eastern. Heck yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but, you know, and just in saying that, like, we, because of that binary culture that we're yep. in of this Western, like, it's either black or white, it's either evil or good, it's Satan or it's God, you know, like all of that stuff. Yeah. Rather than sticking to that and and trying to come up with an answer to move more towards that there's not an exact answer there's only experience like there's only what you find there's only what you in the mystery of what Jesus is and what God is and who they are and who they are together in holy spirit and encapsulating all of that like you know it's not one of those things of hey if you don't speak in tongues then you're not a christian that's a hey, thing people say that's a thing people that say thing people that's a thing say. people say i don't even hey, know Wow. I didn't even know what speaking in tongues was really until Tom and Caleb told me about it. So <laughs> Caleb, I didn't know it was a thing will, that still happened. I should clarify. We will have Caleb on this podcast. We very, have very to have soon. Caleb on the podcast. Um, and we'll talk, we're going to talk a lot about kind of the, the Pentecostal charismatic thing that he grew up with. That sounds um, awesome. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited and I hope that he agrees. Like he agreed the first time I asked him, but I hope he still agrees. But um, <laughs> anyway, just, um, and to wrap it all up, I want to tell you all a story about our very good friend, Hannah Lauk. I love Hannah. Um, Hi, Hannah. We love you. 
I love her to death, and I want her on this podcast as well. Um, yes. But we were sitting on my couch just talking about a lot of the things that were happening at Asbury, um, you know, a couple of months ago with um, just everything happening with, you know, the LGBTQ um, and teachers, you know, being laid off and all that stuff. And um, basically, we were just sitting here, and she was talking about how she always felt weird not hearing from God, like not actually getting something in her head where God was talking to her. Um, and she felt like that was wrong somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but John Roller, who is one of our very, very good friends. Our Lord and Savior. Um, <laughs> you know, my pastor. Um, he told her, he was like, there's nothing wrong with you for that. It just means that that's not, you know, something that God communicates with you with. Like, and um, I started to kind of ask her some questions and we came up with this kind of realization that some people have been made to speak and some people have been made to listen. Like some people were made to receive that word and some people were made to receive the word from the person. And so like (laughs) some people who can commune with God like that doesn't make them any more spiritual than the person who can't. And it doesn't mean that like God is picky and choosy either. It's just what was already in them has been enhanced by that word that they receive. Does that make sense? Give me your thoughts, Megan. It makes sense. Nice. So like, <laughs> I know that I, I always make simple concepts to be extremely broad and like wordy. So I, I recognize that. Um, so I'm very sorry, but, um, but I also think about all the Christian traditions who don't even believe in directly hearing like from God anyway. Right. Like there's, there's plenty of them out there. There's plenty that would just say, we live by this book. We believe in this guy, X, Y, Z, amen. Uh, and I think, especially in the evangelical world, we put such an emphasis on personal revelation. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's just like, just look at all the people who believe similar things to us and you can see it's fine. It's fine using fine uh, to and you can still be an orthodox believer and not even be within that. Mm-hmm. And also, who says you have to be an orthodox believer anyway, except for the white men who run our lives? <laughs> what does personal revelation mean? That means God specifically uh, giving you something, giving you some kind of knowledge or talking to you or something like that. It can, we can make it sound crazy. We can make it sound not crazy. Essentially, it's just like God specifically communicating something to you that's not through um, the Bible, that's not through another person, that's something that you just get an impression of him or you hear you hear a voice and you're like, oh, that's God. I don't think we really do that or we don't talk about it. Some of y'all do that. Some people do that. Yeah, some of them. Some, some of them Catholics. Hmm. So kind of what I was going to end with was, you know, and talking to her was like, she receives from people and that is a godly thing like receiving from people is an okay thing yeah and that just means that you're intrinsically connected to people which we all are but like it's i'm an extrovert therefore i'm around people therefore i get more out of people than i would if i was by myself whereas people like um you know i i don't even know who a good example of it but like if you're an introvert and you like to be with god alone that person is probably going to hear from god somehow whereas an extrovert is going to hear from god through people more 
Hmm. I'm as an extrovert who is not as much a personal revolution, like revelation kind of like person. Like I had a, a period in my life where I felt like everything was from God. Everything, every tree I saw was like, ah, oh, it's a gift to me from God. And there's something kind of pure and sweet about that. But mm. at least personally, I've realized that when I open up my ears to people, I learn way more than when I'm trying to let God speak to me through other things. So like I would back that up with my own experience. Um, but I think I want to, I, I want to see more on this, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, I'm not saying that that is the complete right thing. I'm just saying like in some cases for some people like you, like Hannah, like that, that might, because people enhance what you already intrinsic, intrinsically have in you, you are going to find more God in that. Which totally affects how you want to worship God in the first place, right? Because yeah. I'm an I'm an introvert, and all the ways I mentioned are stuff that I do alone, because that's what I get the most out of. Yeah, not going to church and being with hundreds of people. There it is. That just makes me tired. So, yeah. <laughs> like in that, I'm not saying that that is a I'm not saying that's the cookie cutter answer, but I am saying like if you are introverted, those mm, of okay. you listeners who are introverted, practice the things that you can find God in by yourself, and don't feel bad about it. And there don't feel bad about it. No yeah. shame. Never no shame. If you are extroverted, don't be afraid to open yourself up up to people and see what they might have to say over you. You know? Yeah. And so like Yeah, I'm with it. I love it. And that doesn't mean that introverts should never go to church. And that doesn't mean that extroverts should never sit by themselves in silence with God. Like that's not what that means. But it does mean that like we have to kind of refine, and I think this is part of becoming like Jesus, we refine who we already are by the things that Jesus has given us so that we can become more like him in and of ourselves. Personal growth. Personal growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that genuinely affects the people around you, which is why we go to church in the first place. I think we can agree that like growing in love and growing to be like Jesus are kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Because being, Jesus being is a whole love. person, yeah, and Jesus is perfectly human and perfectly divine, and I think that's all part of becoming more human. And that's exactly what he said: the two greatest commandments were: Amen. love God with all of who you are humanly, and love each other with all of who you are humanly. There it is. There it so, is. Look at that. That's. I think that's what we'll end on. But we found um, our point. We found our way there. There it is. Yes. Full circle. We did. That I is mean, the recipe. Yeah. That is the recipe for conjuring God. <laughs> I very, love that. Very witchy. We love it. Very yes. witchy. Yes. I'll read your tarot cards on the podcast if you want. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know how many listeners we would lose? and not even A lot. Yeah, a lot. Sounds a lot. fun. Let's but, do it. I hope I can start uh, getting some bring DMs. Bring to the ground. Nuke it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Tom and Megan. Y'all are great. And we will let you all know when the next podcast is about to drop. Love y'all. Love everybody. Thank you. Thank you.